This is Fringe Fertility, a podcast where we embrace and talk about all the weird and wild parts of the fertility world. I'm Carrie Hines, your host and fellow IVF warrior. My journey through fertility treatment led me to open a virtual yoga studio, Fertile Body Yoga, dedicated to those on their fertility journey who are looking for more. More mental, emotional support, more physical nourishment, and more soulful conversations. In this podcast, I will dive into the holistic, energetic, and alternative paths to increased fertility. I'll have guests with relatable stories. There will be tears, there will be laughs, and there will be honest and open conversations about fertility. Let's uncover and explore the new, old, and fringe fertility practices together. Hi, Fringe Fertility listeners. Thanks for being here today and taking your time, um, spending some time with me. Today, I am going to talk about eight things I wish I knew before starting IVF. I know that there's a lot of people out there contemplating IVF or just getting started. So I hope that some of these things that I learned will help to inform your journey and possibly make it a little bit easier, or maybe not easier, but at least finding less struggle and maybe a little bit more ease. I'm going to do this podcast in two separate episodes. Um, So I'm going to do one, two, three, four, this one, this time, and then next time we'll do five, six, seven, eight. And yeah, so I hope that um, some of these will speak to you as I go through them. So I just wanted to say also that many of my students ask me like, or say, you know, no one ever told me IVF was like this, right? Like it's this big secret. Like nobody wants to talk about IVF to anybody who's starting it because they don't want to taint sort of their experiences with what that other person experienced with their IVF journey. Um, so I, I don't want to taint anything for anybody, but I do, my goal here is to give you information, but also to give you some hope and inspiration on how you can move into the IVF world or change the path of your IVF if you're in it already, so that it can be a little bit more easeful and that you can find more joy in your life as you're going through it. Um, So yeah, this is like really the heart to heart sit down that I wish I had gotten before I started IVF. So the first one I wanted to tackle is that IVF is not easy, nor is it a guarantee. We see more and more celebrities um, talking about their IVF journeys, candidly and publicly. uh, It seems like more and more people are doing IVF and maybe it's more people are just talking about it, but also possibly like fertility rates are slowing down a little bit. And that's a topic for another um, podcast. But so here it's like IVF is kind of in your face. A lot of the time, this person can have a baby, they're a celebrity, they got IVF, they got their baby. Okay. Like this works, right? We're hearing it more. And, you know, IVF is not easy nor is it a guarantee. And that may seem obvious, but yet do we, do we truly accept that? Um, I remember 
words coming out of my mouth along the lines of, well, if we can't do it the old fashioned way, then we'll just do IVF. As if IVF was a given that it would work and that it was going to be sort of easy, right? The fix. So, you know, I was kind of wrong about that. And yeah, so does that mean that doing IVF is not worth your time and your money and your effort? Absolutely not. Of course it is. IVF is a miracle, scientific way of like bringing babies into the world. And it's really a great, a great thing that we have. And it has brought so many babies into the world and completed families and brought so much love. So I'm not, you know, downing IVF at all. I, you know, if you're in it and you're doing it, you believe in it, you're going to, you're going to get through it. Right. (laughs) Um, so yes, keep doing your IVF treatments. That's not what I'm talking about here, but Um, what you do want to do is prepare yourself mentally, right? And physically. So first, like, let's just talk about, like, do some reading. Okay. And, and I know there's so much information out there on Google about all the things IVF, what to do and what not to do. But if you're, you know, in a certain area, there's IVF clinics around you, choose an IVF clinic, go to their website, there's going to be, you know, there will, I almost guarantee a blog post or something that'll be like, this is what the IVF process is like. So I want you to familiarize yourself with it without getting over, like, don't think you have to do all of it all at once. Don't get overwhelmed, but at least have an idea of what you will be going through. How long one cycle, right? From stims to um, you know, embryo transfer, two week wait, etc. Uh, and then also looking into the mental and emotional effects before you begin so that you can put things in place, right? And this will hopefully give you the power to make more informed decisions and make your self care a priority. Uh, so what about hope and the power of positive thinking? So I say yes to both. I'm not at all saying there aren't going to be hard times. Of course, there's going to be hard times and you do need to acknowledge those times and sit with those emotions that you're having. But attitude is an important variable in the success of having babies because when you can be positive and hopeful during your treatment, while also being informed and prepared, you're creating a better landing ground for your embryo, right? Your body is well taken care of. The field at which you're planting your seed is like nutrified and ready, right? So with everything I talk about, I have like a what to do after it. So first I say, yes, read, talk to people who have done IVF if you know anybody. And there's probably lots of people out there that have done IVF that you may not know about. Um, you can also join a support group, come to one of my yoga classes. Cause we also do some community building at the beginning, which is really nice that students can talk. It's not as formal as like a, a, a support group. Um, it's just a teeny little bit at the beginning and people can share some information if they find something that they really loved. 
Um, and then this one's really important. The final thing that you should do is ask your fertility doctor, your reproductive endocrinologist for information and resources. So any, I believe any fertility clinic that is really there to support you beyond, okay, here's, you know, we're going to do like the medical side of it will have resources for you for mental um, therapists and support, maybe fertility yoga. Many of the doctors I work with, they will, you know, let people know that this is an option as well. But you need to sometimes ask because those doctors are so busy, right? And they, you know, they forget things. They're human. So you ask, say, I know this is going to be mentally um, stressful, emotionally stressful. Do you have a resource list for me so I can put things in place? All right. So that's number one. Number two is going to be about managing your expectations. So I wish I could man, I could have managed my expectations a little better. So I swung between extremes, right? Expecting the worst, expecting only the best, right? There was that roller coaster. It was very dramatic. It was exhausting. Um, and I very rarely existed in the middle, right? The state of contentment, santosha, we call it in yoga, the state of contentment with whatever life was offering me in that moment. And this is extremely hard to do when we have so much invested into our fertility in that moment, kind of like stepping back and not thinking about it all the time. So sometimes our expectations are held so tightly. Okay, we hold on to our expectations. We have a plan. We have a timeline. Things need to work in this order, um, right? That And they're like this tight grip around your journey, right? And <clears throat> it can start to take over your life. And, and, you know, the little things get lost. Maybe not even the little things, but the the other things in life start to lose their joy. Um, Yeah, and fertility takes over everything. And then when your expectations are not met, right, that you you didn't get 12 embryos, you only got six or whatever, but this is causing suffering because they're so ingrained in part of your life that you you are, you have to grieve those losses. You have to work through the loss of that expectation of that plan or that, you know, little thing that you were aiming for, um, that didn't happen. So there is a power and relief in loosening these suffocating expectations. Not that you shouldn't have, like, you're going to have expectations because that's just life, but like these really, really, really like death grim, for lack of a better word, expectations of how and when you will have a child. So loosening your grip doesn't mean you're giving up on what you desire, but you are giving that desire for a child a little bit more space and freedom to duck and weave with the changes and challenges of life so that things aren't so extreme, high and low. So when the grip grip is looser, your expectations just sort of decrease a little bit or they don't come quite as important and you allow your story to unfold in front of you. Um, You're not forcing it down a path 
that it's not meant to be on. And your path may have many, many obstacles, but it leads to your destination. So one thing you can do here is um, start to live a little more mindfully, right? Uh, one of my favorite things is um, a mindfulness bell that I, it's an app I put on my phone, but it just randomly rings and you can set the, set the intervals that it rings at. So you're doing your thing and then you'll get a bing and you're like, oh, there's my mindfulness bell. And you just stop, look around, breathe, smell, listen, see what you see. So that's one of the things that I really love to do. Okay. And then number three, don't give up all your power to your doctors. So it is so easy to relinquish all our power and control to the white coats of doctors because, well, we're tired, right? Like we're tired. We want answers. We're frustrated. We're sad. And we really, really want a baby. And so you meet your doctor and they're like, we're going to get you pregnant. And you're like, thank God somebody's here for me. And <clears throat> you know, you, you're like, thank gosh. And it's like a relief. It's such a relief that somebody else is going to take your fertility into their hands and give you what you want. Um, and again, I'm beyond grateful for the doctors and the work that they do to build families. <clears throat> but sometimes we see doctors as our saviors, right? And we hand over all the responsibility to them and science to get us pregnant. When in fact, we do have the power to assist our doctors, <clears throat> excuse me, to help, um, help us maybe get pregnant faster or to increase the success rate of the transfers. So nurturing your body and making it as fertile as possible is super important. So even if we have doctors who are helping us get pregnant, we still need to deal with our emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, energetic health. And doctors can't do this for us, right? They're taking care of the mechanics of getting pregnant, but that pregnancy is still going to happen in your body. Um, and so all these mental, emotional, physical, energetic, spiritual, they have a profound effect on the quality of your life. And then when our quality of life feels like it's good, right? Our fertility goes up. So we really want to take care of ourselves while we're doing fertility treatment. So oh, what to do, right? So ask yourself, what is in my power to control, right? So your nutrition could be, and, and some people have more control over that than others, um, granted, sleep. Um, so having a really great sleep routine is super important stress management. Do you have something in place to help you deal with the stress? Because it is stressful. It is stressful. That is not going to go away. So finding ways to release and let go and restore and move into parasympathetic response will balance the stress and sex hormones so that your sex hormones are working more, more optimally. Um, yeah. So, and in those moments when you do get, um, shocking or bad news, take a step back. Whew, don't make any major decisions in the moment. And it's okay if you're not being polite or nice or appeasing to your doctors 
I'll talk about that in a different podcast about um, people pleasing, but take your time to process and digest the news before making any major decisions. And I, you know, I speak to this from experience when I had a 10 week ultrasound, there was no heartbeat of baby. And I was in a lot of shock because, you know, after going through all the fertility stuff and blah, and then you get pregnant and you're just so, you know, the first time and you're very excited and like, this is it. We did it. Yay. And then at 10 weeks, there's no heartbeat. And what ended up happening is I went straight into a DNC at 6 a.m. the next morning and I was not ready for this. I was just following what people were telling me I should do. And it was like, I was just walking like a zombie through all the appointments. It's just nodding my head. So in retrospect, I needed more time. I needed more space to grieve before going into the procedure. Cause the DNC procedure, the hospital, that in itself is a whole other trauma than, you know, the miscarriage in itself. Right. So I didn't realize that I was just like, okay, let's just get it over with. But the fact that everything happened so quickly, it just really jarred my experiences. It didn't give me enough time to you know, grieve and get over it. So, um, yeah, I felt like I had given over my body and my power in those moments. So in retrospect, I really wish I had stepped back a little bit and taken the time to work through a little bit of grief before going in for the DNC. All right. So number four, the last one for today is surrender where you can, right? You've heard stories probably similar to mine that as soon as some people decide to take a break or adopt or no longer continue with treatment, they become pregnant. And you know, this is what my experience was. It's not everybody's experience though. Uh, but people often ask me, well, what is that? What is that thing that happens? And I really truly believe it's this, the magic of surrender. So where does it come from and how can you feel the sense of surrender, right? So surrender really is letting go of the heavy burden of trying to conceive as only your responsibility, right? Only you, you're in complete control of everything right? Including your success or failure, right? So you can imagine how hard that is, right? To, yeah, so it's all me if it's successful, but it's also all me if it's, if it doesn't work. So when you find some acceptance to your situation, and again, accepting doesn't mean you have to like it, right? We don't like going through fertility treatment, but when you find acceptance, um, you are giving over some of that burden, right? You're, you're, you're taking a little bit of weight off yourself, responsibility, expectations, right? And you're, you're handing that burden over to the universe or God or nature or fate, karma, whatever your beliefs are. Right. So coming to a place of acceptance lessens the fighting instinct, right? And with the fighting instinct, fight or flight comes stress, tension, adrenaline, cortisol, 
etc. And when you let go of that, when you're like, oh gosh, it's not just me, right? Like, yes, I can control some things, but I can only control my actions. I cannot control the outcomes. I will let go of my timeline and let things unravel as they are going to unravel, right? So finding that little bit of contentment in what is, this is like a huge exhale, release, right? For the body. And then this will lower your fertility stress, your overall stress. And when that is lower, it supports your fertility. So one thing you can do to sort of feel this is, and you can do it right now, you can come back to it, but if you're in a car, well, you can, it's just breathing, but um, take a moment to sit and breathing in big and deep, breathe out, doing that for a few rounds. And then begin to lengthen your exhale. Make it a couple counts longer than your inhale. Maybe begin to feel your body soften and release. Feel your body beginning to surrender to what is. Let your mind surrender to what is and say to yourself, I am where I am and that's okay. Acceptance. I am where I am and that's okay. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I am going to, in a couple weeks, I will the five, six, seven, and eight to you for the things I wish I knew before I started IVF. So this is my heart to heart for many of you out there, either about to do fertility treatment or in it and want to change the effects that it is having on your life. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Fringe Fertility. Remember to hit the follow button so you know when the next episode drops. Likes are also appreciated as this will allow others to be able to find the podcast and find more support on their fertility journeys. Thanks to you for your support and I look forward to sharing more Fringe Fertility episodes with you in the future.